Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. Good to see you guys this morning. You're right shining faces and all the sunshine and <laughs> tropical weather. So, I love it, right? <laughs> so, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for for being with us. Thank you for just loving us and, and being so so gracious and kind to us, Father, and, and giving us all your wisdom and knowledge and the mysteries of, of your great goodness, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to go into Colossians to start, and I only got three hours to get all this, so I'm going to hurry. You're going to tell me I could go a little extra to this morning, if that's okay. Anyway, I'm lying to you. Just ignore me. Um, Colossians chapter 1. And um, I'm just going to read for a minute because I think sometimes we get, like, I don't just want you guys to hear me. I want you to hear what God's saying through me, but I also want you to hear the Word of God, too. So I think it's important sometimes for us to read, and then we can grasp what's going on. But it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because... We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and, and of the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. And that you have already heard about in the word of truth. The gospel that has come to you. All over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from, from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now listen, it said, said it didn't say all physical. It said all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the father who has qualified you who has qualified you the father right what has he qualified you to it's, it's going to tell you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now that come through what? Through Jesus? 
given his life for us on the cross, but it, there was something else that happened, right? Like we, we tend to study Jesus a lot. Uh, we study his life, and then we study his death, and then we study the resurrection, and then we forget. We're like, well, he got beamed up, and he's out of here, you know, and we're going to wait. I can't wait till he comes back so I can be with him, or I can't wait till I go to heaven and I can be with him. And, and the point of what I've been trying to really get across, and the Holy Spirit's really been putting through me, is that he is with us and in us and wants to work through us. Jesus is not dead. He is still alive. Amen. So when I grew up, I grew up with cowboys. My, my um, grandpa was a cowboy. My uncles were cowboys. And so, so I go out there with my uncles. And I, when I was 11, I started going. I just wanted to be around horses. So my uncle was a farrier. So I go out and pull shoes for him and, and help him and, and sometimes it's really scary as a kid because he, he was a hardcore cowboy man he'd tie their leg up or whatever and I just it, it imprinted me to the fact that I was like you know what there's got to be a better way to do this you know and they was good that was what they did they worked with what knowledge they have and a lot of times that's what we do we just do things from tradition right well my grandpa did this and my granddaddy did this and they done this so we just get in this rut where we're just doing things out of tradition. But one of the things that I learned was when you had grabbed a horse, if that horse took off, you held on to that horse. <laughs> you did not let go because you did not want to find out. It was a lot worse to let go and have to deal with them than it was to get drugged down the road by the horse. <laughs> right? And so, so, or you grab a foot and you don't let go of that foot. And, and Linda would go with me every once in a while when we first got married. Even now she's like, like I'll grab a foot and a horse tries to jerk it or, and I'll hold on to it longer than I probably should. And she's like, why don't you just let go? I'm like, I am a cowboy. <laughs> we don't let go. When we first got married, we went out onto Lake Washington and, and her, her best friend and her husband had a boat and they had this tube. And, the, and so you grab the rope and you set on this tube and you take off. Well, we're sitting there and they take off. But when they took off, the tube didn't go with us. And I had the rope. And they're going like 90 to nothing. And I'm hanging on to the rope. And I'm going under the water. And I'm going... I look like a lure. You know, one of those lures, like when you go fishing lures and you're bringing them in. That's what I was like. And then I come up and I go like this and come in. And they're yelling at me, James, let go of the rope. Let go of the rope. And and I was like... I can't let go of the rope. Why can't you let go of the rope? I'm a cowboy. We don't let go of ropes. And finally, they, they circled it and stopped. And they're like, James, let go of the rope. I'm like, I'm not a cowboy. I mean, I'm a cowboy. I don't let go of ropes. And I told you, I will drown before I let go of this rope. Like, like it's a big thing, Right? And I think in life we hold on to traditions and we hold on to these thoughts and we hold on to these things that are coming around us to the point where we'll let them drown us before we let go of it. And one of the things that, that, that I worry is that we look at, when, when we're looking so much, and it's good to see Jesus' life and it's good to see His resurrection and, or His death and His resurrection, but let's look at Him beyond that point because he isn't like disappear and then we'll hear, see, for, see him when he comes back. He's alive. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so if our focus is always on him, 
as his earthly ministry, we'll forget that he is ministering right now in heaven. He is the head of the church. And it's real important for us to see him not just as as God walking on earth with this giving his life for us and then being resurrected, but to see him as you see him in Revelation, where the angels are around the throne singing, Worthy is the Lamb. That's who we serve. And that's who lives around us. In us. Now think about that. If we can get that revelation and let go of just the thought that, well, he was here and he was a good man. Really, all we're doing is we're coming into line with what everyone else teaches. Well, he was a good teacher. He was real. He was a good teacher. But he's not really God. Really, it stops. Or he's God, but he's a God that's far off. When really, he's a God that's near, even in our mouth, like in our heart. When we, when we give our hearts to Jesus, do we say, Lord Jesus, will you come be around me when you come back? <laughs> right? No. You say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Like, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And we're what? We're saved. Why? Because we believe he's in us. Well, really what's doing is he's always been there for us to accept. He paid the price for us. We're just accepting. Hey, I accept. I'll cash that check, right? It's like someone giving you a trillion-dollar check, and it's worth way more than that, and saying, here. And you're like, well, I don't want to cash that. You know, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't want to. Not me, man. We're going to the bank. Like, give me cash. I don't even want you. I mean, like, trains probably to haul that much, right? <laughs> but that's how valuable it is for us. So, so we have... have have an inheritance and, and redemption. And now it's talking about the nature of, of Jesus. And I love this because it's, it's like we're thinking, well, let's see the nature of Jesus. Well, he healed the lame, right? Some of them, like except the one dude, like he had one shriveled up hand. And, and he said, said, let me see your hand. And he held his hand out and he, this one shriveled up too, yeah. right? No, what happened? They both... Right? Why? Because he healed some, healed all who are sick. Right? And so um, he's a good God, and we see him in that in that manner. But here they're talking about he was in that nature, he was Jesus, but there's something that's unveiled in the glory of who he is now. That if we ever catch that, the body of Christ will be unstoppable. Like, and I don't just mean just Christians, because we can be, you can have the name Christian and not even know Jesus. Okay, how can you say that, Pastor James? You don't, it's the truth, right? Because we get into the traditions and to, to, the, to all these things, but we don't know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of, of his resurrection. And so I had a Jewish friend, she was talking to me, and she, she's like, like, I don't understand you. She, she's like, like, how are you a Christian and Jewish? And I was like, I'm not a Christian. She's like, you preach the gospel. I was like, yeah, but I don't do it because I'm a Christian. I do it because I'm a Jew. She's like, James, it's the gospel. It's about J.C. They call him J.C. You know, that's J.C. And I was like, yeah, that's J.C. That's Yeshua. 
our Messiah. I was like, I'm not a Christian. I believe in Jesus because of the scriptures, because of the Hebrew scriptures from Genesis, starting in Genesis. That's why I believe in Jesus. I am a Jew that is complete. And in people's mind, just, how can you do that? It's like, like, I don't have to wear a name or a tag to make me a son or of God, or you a daughter, son or daughter of a king, right? It's not a tag, we're a Christian or we're a Jew or we're this or that. It's, I am a son of the Most High God. And when we grasp that, it's going to change our life. And so, it says this, He is the image of the invisible God. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you've seen the Father, you've seen, seen me, right? The firstborn overall. And this is what I get. Jesus was really a cool dude, man. The people he was hardest on was the re- religious people. And he, well, I don't think he was hard on them because he didn't like them. He was hard on them because he seen that what they were doing was destructive and hurting people. And he was there to set people free, right? And trying to set them free too. But you see Jesus and you see how he was with with the Jewish people, but even with the Samaritans and even with the people who didn't have a covenant at the time. He said, you know what? I'm going to go step right into time. Fast forward and I'm going to heal you right now. That's how good God is. And you can see it. In Jesus, and that's not, he didn't change, he didn't go to heaven. Well, I don't want to be nice no more. Like, I used to think there's this big bad God who was mad, and I couldn't make any mistakes. I couldn't mess up. Anytime I had to be perfect, and if I didn't be perfect, if the rapture happened, which the rapture was going to happen anytime, all the time, and all we focused on was the rapture happening. And I, we miss so much of life waiting for, some, for Jesus to come back when he's already in us. Now, I'm not talking about, I like eschatology as much as anyone else. Like, I love escalators. <laughs> and I'm not, not downplaying that. But if we miss where we are right now, miss that he's alive in us, wanting to do great works in us, what good is it? For that. For us. That's just real, man. And we got to get real. Because people want to hear realness. They want to see Jesus. They they don't want to see religion. I don't want to see religion. I want to see Jesus. Religion will kill you. They will cut you up. I've been religious. I've been where, where I look and I'm like, oh, I got it together. And then, Look at them, they don't. Like, like maybe, maybe they, they don't know what I know, or maybe, maybe what I'm doing is worse than them. But it doesn't matter, because what really matters is it's because of the grace of Jesus. And according to the law, it doesn't matter. If you miss, you miss. If, if, if you have the wrong thought, or if you rob a bank, it's still sin, and you're still guilty of all of them. So no one has any room to judge anybody else. Not even this much room. Now think about that. So that gives us a different perspective that now we can trust Jesus and trust His finished work and trust His heart and His nature because it says He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over 
all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things. Listen, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. You know, like they, they, our DNA, like if you look in the middle of our DNA, there's a cross that holds it together in all things. We're, we're literally held together by him, right? Now, he created for him in all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, but also the head of the body, our temple, right? Our house. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Now what? Now that's the fullness of God dwelling in Jesus, right? That it was dwelling in Jesus when he was here, right? And the scripture says, as he is now, so are you. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. Now how is he now? He's seated at the right hand of God. Can you imagine? And he's like, and I choose to live in you with all the fullness and all, all the authority and all that God has. He's given it to me and I'm in you and you're in me and I'm in the Father and the Father's in me and we have the Holy Spirit and, and man, that's party time. Like I just, like if we can just grasp, that's what he's saying, if we can just grasp what he's saying here. It'll blow our socks off, unless you're not wearing socks, and then it might blow your toenails off. <laughs> Which I can fix. I'm used to working on toenails. <laughs> For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That's why I'm always wanting to talk about our minds because it's so important. Because uh, of your enemies in your minds, because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. That's big, but that's not even my message. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is a gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Man, Paul didn't, didn't lay it easy. He hammered it. You know why? Because he come out of such hardcore belief system that depended so much on yourself. There's no hope in that. We got to let go of that stuff and trust him in him alone. 
Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. Okay, I can't go on that. We're out of time, so next week we'll we'll reveal the mystery. How's that? Oh, oh, I can't do that, can I? I got too much time left, so I guess I got. Well, I was trying to do it, you know, ain't keep you hanging, right? So here it is the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. Did you hear that? Like, he's trying to tell us something. He's like, here's a mystery. There's a mystery, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Isn't that good news? So we go over to Genesis. Chapter 1. It says, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashemayim vit haret. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I was watching, like, I'm, I, love, I love quantum physics, and I'm learning that the more you learn about quantum physics, the more you've got to learn a little bit about math, and I hate math. <laughs> like, I hated math till I got to college, and then when I got to college, I had a professor, he was an IBM computer geek and I because I'd go through the algebra and they had all these steps and like I could see it before it was there so I'd skip all these steps and I'd come up with the right answer and and my high school teacher flunked me so me and Einstein have something in common we both flunked freshman algebra in high school right and so so did like 23 other kids in our class of 24 so our teacher wasn't, wasn't very good. He got fired at the end of the year because a lot of us were football players. But, <laughs> but you don't want to do that, right? So, um, but anyway, but he made it come alive to me. And then I started liking it. I started, because he took the pressure of the do, 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 go through all these steps to, hey, as long as you found the answer. Maybe that's something we can find when we're looking for Jesus and looking for Jesus, Yeshua. Maybe, maybe people don't go down the right path that we went through, but they're getting to him. As long as they find the answer, and the answer is Jesus. The answer is Yeshua. And it's right here from the beginning. But I was watching, and, and anybody ever hear of a Mandelbrot set? There's a... I got some... Uh, awesome. So this is... The set of all numbers, which is C, and it's in parentheses, for which the sequence Z, with a little N below it, remains small according to this formula. And the formula is Z with an N squared plus C equals Z with an N below plus 1. Now, now th- this is really cool because if I can get this right, in order for this to work, the set of all numbers for which the sequence remains small according to this formula. So it all has to remain small. Well, so they put these sequences into, the, into a computer. And as they put this into the computer, 
they map it out. As they map it out, it comes out with these different designs. And then so you go under these different designs and it goes into another design. And as it goes into another design, it goes into another design. And it goes into another design. And it goes into another design. And do you know how far it goes? For infinity. For infinity. And this is just mathematics, man. And this is just a, a formula. Now, uh, in Hebrew, we have something that's called gematria. And everybody's like... Right? Because it's numerology. It's not numerology. Every number in, in Hebrew represents something. Just like every letter has a picture, and it represents something, right? So, so I was watching this, and it was incredible how, how, how it would branch off, and then how you'd have these little marching elephants, and then you'd have... Like, it's incredible what the computer will do. But it will just go forever and forever and forever and forever. And I thought, how big is God? But then as they were studying this, they were talking about how, get this, numbers are concepts. They are abstract in nature, not physical. They exist in the mind. Now think about that. Is we see all these numbers. We worry so much about numbers in our bank or numbers, you know, how, how many numbers are here, how many numbers are there. And really, they're just abstract. Like, I'm probably talking, some of you guys are mad people. You're like, you're dumber than a box of rocks, but you're trying at least on this mass stuff, right? Right? But, but they're in our mind. Like, they're not, they're, they're real, but they're not physical. They're concepts. In our mind. Can you guys, if we ever grasp that, it, it'll, it, it changes our life. Written numerals are not numbers. Pastor James, how, how are you? Where are you going with this? What were you smoking? It was like nothing, I promise. They are representations of numbers. You know what? We're a lot like numbers. Because we're representations of Jesus. We have a spirit, and it's physical, but that's God writing the number down. But we're really in God's mind, created in His thoughts and in His image. We are a spirit. All this stuff here is going to pass away. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. These shells, these skins... Don't pass away. But who we are, sons and daughters of the Most High God, that's real. Who you really are is who you are in your mind. The Bible says, as a man thinks, as a man what? Thinks in his heart. <coughs> so is he. Now think about that. The laws of math are conceptual. Mathematics is a reflection of God's thoughts. You guys are working math all the time. You're working with a reflection of God's thoughts. Isn't that incredible? God created it. created those numbers. He created that design with the Mandelbrot set. It doesn't matter how you put it. It goes from infinity. It doesn't matter if you go to one, to two, to three, to adding on and on and on. It just goes and expands. 
for infinity. That's how big our God is. You go see some of these nebuluses that are like out in outer space, and some of them are four light years tall. Do you know how much that is? That's a lot. (laughs) Right? That's a lot. Huge. That's how big our God is. It's incredible. The universe is upheld by the mind of God. Now, Bereshit, bara Elohim et Hashemayim Ve'haretz. Now, why do I believe in Jesus? Because he's in here. Now, in Hebrew, we get the word Beit, which means the house, and then we get Resh. Now, what does Resh mean? Resh, resh means the head. So if you see it, if you turn it around backwards, and they'll draw that little head on there. And so then like they'll lay like a tent and then do a... Man, I, if I had a board, I could show you more. But it'll go across like this. And so, so literally, that's where we get the word sun from, is bar, bereshit. So now we've got two times in the very first two words of the Bible, it, it starts out with sun. Now, what is that? The sun, what it means to be a sun is you're the head of the house. Now, see, then we have a lake. Now, lake, and then it goes in here. It's a Bereshit, bara, Elohim, et. Et is aleph tav. It's not in the English, but it's silent, but it really says a lot. It's silent when we translate it into, into English, but when you're in the Hebrew, it says a lot because it's the lake, which represents God, which is like an upside-down A with horns. It looks like a cow to me, like you can go rope it or something. Right? And then you've got the top, which is an X, and it really means like X marks the spot, or it represents a covenant, or if you flip it up, it's the cross. It's the strength of, when we see a lake top, you know what we see? We see the strength of God on the cross. Now what we see when, when we see Bereshit, we, we see the sun... And then you got Shin and its teeth. And so it's the destruction. And then you got Yod, which is the hand of God. And then you got Tav, which is the cross. The Son, by the strength of God, was punished or crucified by the hand of God on the cross. All of that is in the very first word of the scriptures. How can you not believe in God? We see mathematics and we see that there's also there's numbers in there too. So, so you see, see in that first verse, you see the Son, then you see the Father, then you see the Holy Spirit twice. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing how, how God talks to us through time. Now, here, here's what's really cool. It is God is... is the strength of the house. He's the father, Abba, which is Ab, which is Aleph Beit, which means the which means father, the strength of the house. But watch this. The head of the house is the son. Bar, Beit, Resh. Now what does that mean? He's like, I've given everything to Jesus. Pastor James, where do you see that? I'm glad you asked. In the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made 
that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In the very beginning, and we focus on this little bit of Jesus, 33 years, when we have an eternity of who he really is. Now, to the mystery. You guys thought I forgot, didn't you? Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in, in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for all ages. I forgot to read this. No, I'm just kidding, guys. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. You guys know if it's supposed to keep raining? Anybody seen the weather? This is Seattle. This, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, it's, yes, okay. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Man, I wish you'd tell us. <laughs> I love mysteries. You like ever see like Nancy Drew or or like National Treasure where they're trying to find something or you're watching a TV show and then they're just like keep putting it off and putting it off. I'm glad I never would do that to you guys. <laughs> to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow, I didn't say that. Paul said this. That's the mystery. Christ in us. The hope of glory. What's our hope? Is that that dude that was there from the beginning, you know, before the world was ever begun, you were a thought in God's mind. Before it ever began, you were held together in Him because it says in 1 John, in Him are all things. You're not an accident. You're not a coincidence. You didn't just spontaneously come here. You were created for this time and for this place with a purpose. And that purpose is to know Him and the power of His resurrection as He is. So are you in this world. Christ in you. The hope of God. Powerful. The one who hung the moon and the stars. The one who created the Mandelbrot set. The one who created the Hebrew and the Gematria and the pictographs and the, that ties it all together. He's in you. You think that makes you pretty valuable? 
We proclaim Him who's Him. Jesus. Not just the one who was here 33 years. And I thank God because we see a revelation of who He is there. But what about after the cross? And what about before the beginning? He's bigger than you think. And this gospel is better than we could ever imagine. He said He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to our circumstances. According to our paychecks. According to who we vote in as president. According to if we're locked down or not. According to what? According to the power that is working within us. Who is that power? His name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus the head of the house, the bar, the son, and in him you have that full, full authority and all things are given to you too. The Bible says that I can't get there today because I've only got three hours left. <laughs> we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. I think we're way quicker to send people to hell than Jesus is. To this end, I labor, struggling with all energy which so powerfully works around me. With what? Within. Within. Now let me read the mystery one more time. And this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for being with us and for, your, for the power of your resurrection. But I thank you that that resurrection life lives in each and every one of us. And those things in, the, in life that look dead and look hopeless, I just thank you that you're breathing life into every person in the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.